You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the mic. And Evan... uh we're in a little bit of the uh, lull, waiting for college football to pick up. The spring practices are over, but one thing that is really in the news, there's a couple things, but one is the whole NIL thing. You got Jordan Addison. During the NFL draft, Jordan Addison's the Bolitnikoff winner, the best wide receiver in college football. Played at Pitt. It wasn't ju- Here's the thing. wasn't Jameson Williams. It wasn't Alave. It wasn't anybody from Ohio State. It wasn't uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. None of these guys. Not Drake London. I know. It's wild. It was Jordan Addison. And you saw now, him in the bowl game against Michigan yeah, State. He, by himself, almost won the bowl game when Pittsburgh was on their fifth-string quarterback. Yeah. And they were driving down, and before the quarterback threw the pick six, they were on the state 25-yard line about to score and win the game. He's that good. Now, you're like, well, if he's that good, why wasn't he in the NFL draft? He's a true sophomore, folks. <clears throat> Stupid rule. He can't go to the draft until next year. Trust me, he will probably be one of the top receivers taken. Now, why are we talking about him if he's still at Pitt under Pat Narduzzi? Well, apparently, on draft day, you found out that uh, Jordan Addison was going to enter the transfer portal right before the deadline of May 1st. And because apparently he was going to get a lucrative NIL deal that was packaged up for him to go to the University of Southern California. USC did their best to try to get him to make the move, to make the switch, prompting Pat Narduzzi to call Lincoln Riley multiple times to admonish him. Why are you trying to post my player? Well, he went to the portal yesterday. Or depending on when you hear this, he he went into the transfer portal on Tuesday officially. Yeah, like the nick of time, the last chance you had. But I, I don't think this is anything new. I mean, isn't that almost essentially what USC did with Caleb Williams? It's essentially what everybody has done for the longest. And but the whole outrage: this is going to destroy college football. Guys, it's not going to destroy college football. Not at all. College football will be fine. It has lasted through, or college sports, it's lasted through everything that people got their panties in a bunch about. Now, what you're seeing on the collegiate level is the same thing they do for coaches all the time. Uh, We just recently saw that here locally, middle of the season last year. Michigan State's humming along. They're 6-0. And all of a sudden, Bruce Feldman comes on Fox Saturday show you know, LSU is looking at Mel Tucker. What? And for the next 10 days or so, Mel Tucker had to go in silence, had to answer questions at a press conference of whether he was leaving or not in the middle of the season. It's Michigan, Michigan State week. 
Think about this. It's Michigan-Michigan State week. Both teams are 7-0. and That wasn't the big story in East Lansing. No, not at all. It wasn't. Oh, my God, you realize one of you guys are going to have a, your first loss and you're going to give it to each other? Hey, Mel, you think you can be the first MSU coach to beat Michigan uh, two times in a row in your first two times playing them? That wasn't the story. The story was, Mel, are you leaving? Yeah, and the story was, oh, look at Tucker doing it again, turning his back on another program. Right. When, in fact, there I don't know if there was ever any truth to that rumor. And he ended up getting a $95 million contract out of it. He ended up beating Michigan, but it was the distraction that you got. So to sit here and act like, well, this is going to ruin it, really, because that didn't ruin college sports. And, and I just used Mel Tucker because that was a recent thing. But you see it all the time. If all of a sudden, you know, next year after week three, Auburn fires their coach, it's going to be a major search in the middle of the season. Yeah. Now, if you're the NCAA, there's ways you can curtail this if you really want to. First of all, you got to get rid of the NCAA. NCAA is a governing body that does nothing. Not anymore. They never have done anything. They they put out the most uh, archaic, uh, Dragonian rules out there. Well, if you do this, if you put cream cheese on your bagel, death penalty. That's got to change. If you really want to fix college sports, it's, it's very simple. At least the money-making sports, and you could have the NCAA for the sports that don't make money because nobody really cares unless you're on the, those teams or a parent or, you know, a sibling on those teams. But college football and college basketball, Evan, hire two people, and they are the czars. They are the the absolute word. Like, yeah, and just a, a- – <laughs> you need a commissioner of each. No, no, because a commissioner means you No, you need a czar. You need somebody who, almost a dictator. Yeah, just the top dog that will reign whatever it might be on the rules, but sticks to them. Like, yeah. But, the, you know, people argued that when the one-and-done rule was put into college basketball, that was going to ruin college basketball. You could argue Evan, right now college basketball is as strong as it's ever been. Evan, when uh, legalized gambling. It was going to ruin sports, especially college sports. These kids were going to throw games. Oh, my God, clutch your pearls. Oh, you can't allow this to happen because, you know, oh, my God. What what if some kid throws a game because he's poor and he needs this? Haven't heard of anything. College sports still going strong. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure kids threw games even before it. Right. I don't know if they're familiar with Toledo at all. Or right. No, I mean, like you, you got, like, I think MSU signed a deal with Caesar. Yeah. Caesar Sportsbook, so. Yeah, once again, it's not going to happen. Every time. I'm quite sure back in the day in college football, you had people saying, oh, this forward pass thing. Uh, You know what? It's going to ruin college football. Here's what happens. The people who say it's going to ruin college sports, it's going to ruin college football, they're stuck in the past, and they want things the way that they used to be. Congratulations. If you have this argument right now, you are officially old guy. Yeah, I mean, and it's no different than when NIL first came. And the the one argument people wanted to make, well, if the quarterback's making all the money and the third-string quarterback's not making money, isn't there going to be a rift in the locker room? No. No, it's called everyday business. Do you have a rift that you're cubicle because the person next to you probably makes twice as much as you? No. Are you guys threatening to fight each other at break time? No, it happens. You know why? You make as much money 
as they say, you're allowed to make. Yes. Plain and, and simple. And your worth is what your worth <laughs> is. And the starting quarterback is always going to be worth more than a punter. Yeah. And and I don't think that they're going to sit there and be pissed off. I mean, some schools have put it in place. You know, Michigan State has a very, very generous donor in UWM. And it seems like they're sponsoring every kid that they can get their hands on. And, and Right. And, everybody gets a base. Everybody gets 500 bucks. Sure. But if if you have the talents to go to a car dealership and get that on top of it or go do uh, eSports or whatever that might be, then go go for it. And, right. And guess what? Football and basketball are evolving at the college level, and it's not hurting it. If anything, no. it's going to make it stronger because you see the likes of Hunter Dickinson that will stay another year where in the past he's long gone. Well, yeah, and, and it's funny because Hunter Dickinson talked about this on the uh, the Michigan Insider. And he was saying that, you no, know, in essence, to paraphrase, he got his money, but Michigan's got to do better mm-hmm. on the NIL. Now, that's what has to happen. The schools have to get creative and come up with their own plan and come up with a way that they can market themselves. It's just like anything. People are afraid of what's new. People are afraid of what's different. If you look at everything that's going on in this world, you can really sum it up to, well, you're different. This is different. I don't like different. You don't look like me. You don't sound like me. So, therefore, you must be my enemy. And I don't think that's the case. The NIL is – it. people call it the wild, wild west. Well, a lot of people profited from the wild, wild west, and a lot of people – End it in the wild, wild west. Well, it all deb- How fast can you adapt? How fast can you come up with? And schools, yeah, people, kids want money. Now, you could come up with different rules and different things to do for this. Yeah, I think the NCAA purposely let the NIL go on with no rules because they wanted to see chaos. They wanted to see it fail. So you would go running back to the NCAA saying, please help us, save us from ourselves. That genie's not going back in the bottle. The NCAA is proving itself to be worthless. But, yeah, you could have – and I don't believe in capping the NIL because it would be the only place in America where you could cap how much somebody can make. Evan, right now, if they walked in here and said, Evan, we're going to pay you $5 million, it's not up to me to say, Evan doesn't deserve $5 million. I don't know what you did. Right. I've never been in your shoes. And if they deem you to be worth $5 million, that's on them. It ain't my money. Well <laughs> – and I would argue that the NIL is almost, no, not even almost. It's preparing these young men for real life more so than it ever did before. Because if you ask me, kids that played at major D1 colleges, they didn't live a real life. And no. what I mean by that, everything was, they didn't have to earn what was given to them. You no. know what I mean? So you, you're you on that football team, you're getting all the gear, you're getting all the food, you're getting everything with that. But now you actually have to earn money, right, which you have the ability to. But now you get to see what it's like to manage your money. Huh. Are you going to go take that $1,000 check and go buy yourself a few outfits? Well, then so be it. But I'm going to say some of these kids are also smart enough to put it in a savings account. They put it in a savings account. You see some kids who actually turn around and do stuff for the community with their money. Yeah, like, I think Blake Corm did something and JJ like that. And J.J. McCarthy, yeah, yeah, they bought a bunch of turkeys and gave them out for Thanksgiving. And and I think this is a great time because people have always said, why don't these colleges show these young men how to save money? What are you going to show them off of? Based off of what before this? And it really is the hypocrisy because college coaches have been doing this for years. In the case of Jordan Addison, you've seen coaches switch allegiances. I mean, heck, NCAA tournament this year, it was a couple guys, but I remember specifically the coach of the San Francisco Dons. They had lost, I think, their Sweet 16. No, they had lost in the round of 32. Yep. The coach had a job in Florida 
before the game was over. He left his team. Yeah, they announced it the next day. So you, you know can't what that means? Us that they weren't talking beforehand. Right. He did it, and there was no outrage. There was no, oh my God, he did this. Guys, it happens. People leave teams all the time. And, and this was only making a big deal because it was the dreaded NIL. Nobody was in outrage when Jameson Williams left the Ohio State to go to Alabama. Oh, hey, guy, newsflash. He was at Ohio State first. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and, and it's the same with Joe Burrow as well. And and I think you're right because when we first talked about the transfer portal, this stuff started happening then. Don't act right. like it just started because of NIL. Right. At Here's all. what happens. Coaches have to fulfill promises that they made students, and when they don't fulfill promises, you see guys leaving. And, and newsflash, every time, you know, we've heard the cliche, put it on tape, put it on tape, put it on tape. Every chance these kids get to play is a tryout for every other team out there in the nation. Not only theirs, but every other team. When you're playing against a Penn State, guess what? If they don't have somebody on staff that's looking at every one of those players and saying, if they hit the portal, I want that guy, then they're doing something wrong, right? right? Now you saw the – and everybody's taking that the, the extreme cases and saying that this is what's happening. Uh, you saw what happened with the, the kid in Miami – the transfer from Kansas State, he goes to play for Miami. He gets this lucrative deal. And then somebody in Miami was like, well, I want to renegotiate. And they're like, son, we don't renegotiate. Either you're going to take this or yeah. you're not. We'll help you find more money. But NIO, all of this spending, is eventually going to burn itself out. Uh, from from uh, Quinn Ewers, the kid, the quarterback from Texas, who went to Ohio State, got a million dollars, and now he's back at Texas. Eventually, rich people are going to stop putting ridiculous deals on incoming freshmen because that's the other thing. Well, you're paying kids to go to your school. It, it's always been happening. Yeah, now it, now it's, it's just legal. It's, I like to equate the NIL and the transfer portal. It's, it's the college sports equivalent to legalized marijuana. I was going to say it's blue chips but legal. It's legalized marijuana where for years marijuana, you got weed because you knew a guy. Mm-hmm. And he'd hook you up, and you'd place a call. And back in the day, you know, you would have to beep him, and you'd beep the dope man, and he'd come, and you know, you got your money type of thing. And he didn't trust everybody, so only really one person could go because he had a rapport with them. Now you literally could walk in a store down eight mile with cash in hand, walk into the weed store. Here's my money, Mister Weed Man. Give me your best stuff, yep. and you could walk out with it. You don't have to hide it in your pocket. No, you can have it in a bag and wait right. for the cop while you're walking to your car. Right. A bag that says, this is weed inside of here. Yep. It feels different because it's the stuff that, and I, I use marijuana because it's the stuff that used to be illegal. It's the stuff that used to be dirty. It's the stuff that used to be done in the back alleys, in the back rooms, and under the mm-hmm. table. And now it's not. And a lot of people, they're still uncomfortable. Evan, I'm sure the first time you walked in one, it felt weird, like this is a setup. The feds are going to bust me. It's going to be like SWAT's going to come breaking in and, and arrest me. And you hopped in your car and you went home, and nothing happened. Why? Because it's legal. Same here, where you, you kids were getting paid. Newsflash, people. Have you ever noticed that teams like Alabama were always getting the top players for some reason or another in basketball? They were always going to Duke and Kansas. If you're that naive enough to think this is just a new problem to have, no, it's just, if anything, NIL is trying to even the tables and balance it out so that anybody, if you really want a kid, can go get them. Now, it's an investment because what you're going to see 
Nine times out of ten is a lot of those kids who make the ridiculous money, the Spencer Rattlers of the world, the Quinn Ewers. They don't live up to the hype. And when, you don't, and when you don't live up to the hype, and I invested a million bucks in you, I may not reinvest in you. And you know what happens the next time a kid comes? Yeah, remember we spent all that money on Imani Bates. Remember we spent all that money on Quinn Ewers? Mm. Yeah, let's let the kid do something first. So I think that's where it's going. But, yeah, people are taking the extreme cases and trying to make it. Uh, like I read a report that Xavier Worthy, the star wide receiver from Texas, got offered before um, before the end of the deadline to leave Texas and go someplace else, and they had a nice deal for him. If kid, if somebody's going to leave, man, they're going to leave. You see it in all sports. Now, if you had this czar, the czar could come up with a simple rule, and that rule is, okay, Coaches and players, there's no leaving midstream. If you're going to leave, you leave in the month of December after the season is over. Right, and if you choose to leave during the season, then you're just not playing. And uh, once again, we're going to open this up. A month after your last spring game, if you want to enter the portal, you can enter the portal. Because maybe you found out that you're, you're now bumped to fourth string and you can go someplace else. That's fine, but... You have to be able to curtail it. You don't have to let it just go willy-nilly, but you need somebody who, if somebody does something wrong, you sit in front of that person, not a, a know-nothing thing. And and I would say probably the checks and balances of having the the college football, and I think it should be two separate people, one person to handle college football. One, I mean, like, imagine the perfect person right now is if you got Jay Wright for college basketball. Yeah. Here's a guy that knows what it takes to win. Here's a guy that everybody likes. I think everybody could agree Jay Wright would be fair. And Jay Wright also knows bull crap. Okay, you know what? I know exactly how you got that player. Oh, yeah. And here's what's going to happen. Because here's why. If you had a, a czar, you could punish a team in real time. I hate when I see teams get punished for something that happened six years ago. Well, and that's the worst part. You know, like when Louisville, they came down on them and they took away their national title in, what was it, 13 or something like that. And it's like, why are you punishing the kids now? None of them were here. Right. They were all in grade school. If you want to punish anybody, go after the coach's pocketbook. And that's what I'm saying. If if you all of a sudden are in, a, like the LSU scandal in Kansas, you can handle that in real time. Yep. I don't need to go through all of these things and sitting there. I can fix this right now. And it's almost like a judge, an arbitrator. Plead your case. All right. Give me a couple of days or maybe a few weeks, and I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to think because Jay Wright would know. I know what it's really like. I know what you had to do, and I know what you didn't have to do. And I know the lines that you stepped over. You can get the same for college football. Now, if you want to balance this out, then yes, I would say you have a five-person, well-respected, almost appeals, an appellate court, that if you think my ruling was too harsh, you can go to the appellate court. But chances are they're going to back me up. Right. But this is kind of to make sure you just don't go and become full-on dictator. But other than that, it can be fixed. You can fix the college football playoffs. I don't know why I need to see that the college football playoff committee is is meeting right now. You're not expanding the playoffs. What are you talking about, folks? Yeah, there's no – Which mean, donuts to bring to next meeting? Well, and that's – You're meeting to have another – we're meeting to set up our next meeting. Well, and the games are already scheduled. It's like we already have a place. You know what I'm saying? Like the destination is already – like what are you guys even talking about? It's, yeah. it's wild, but listen – 
we've talked about it multiple times, and the NIL is only going to help college sports, in my opinion, in the long run. And you're right. Change is very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. But Evan, I'm embrace I mean, Think it. about I mean, it. Look, if you can go back in time, I'm quite sure you had people all outraged. Oh my goodness, you're allowing black players to play this game. You're going to change it. It'll never be the same. Well. It got better. I wish I would have been old enough to be around when they put the three-point line in basketball. I bet oh. people were so pissed. Yeah. What do you mean? three A three-point line? You know what? Pistol Pete Maravich, he didn't need a three-point line. You see, he's doing all of this stuff, and, yeah, it, it happens. Every time they make a rule, oh, what do you mean you added 64 teams to the tournament? Oh, the tournament will never be the yeah. same. Oh, you added four. Why do we need two? Or four playing games. Evan, I, I was around. I It was 48 teams in the tournament. Yeah. You I got mean, first four teams, I think, got a bye or something like that. And now it went to 68, and it was, that's too many teams. Well, in, in the Now beauty, it's 68. It's too many teams. The beauty of change is the ones that benefit the most are the ones that embrace it early on. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, if you really come up with your own package, come up with your own way to embrace the NIL. You don't have to get rid of it. It actually bounces out because when schools and coaches are making multi-million dollar deals, billion dollar deals off TV networks and shoe contracts, and you're going to tell me you're mad because a kid is out here trying to get his, you're a hypocrite. You want the days of old where you want your guy to almost be stuck at your school for the next four or five years so when you get up to go to your tailgate, you know that little Johnny wearing number one is going to be running out that tunnel, touching the banner, dotting the eye or whatever mm-hmm. it is that your school does. And now little Johnny can go and, uh, you know what, how about I make some money off that jersey you're wearing? Yeah, and if you ask me, for fans, that's the only thing that's going to change. And it's been like that for a few years now where maybe you get attached to a kid as a freshman and you're a huge fan and all of a sudden, poof, he's gone, right? I'm sure Rocket Watts had a lot of fans in East Lansing, and when he decided to transfer to Mississippi State, now he's transferring again. But, I mean, that's the only thing that changes for me. And and in reality, like college basketball, that shouldn't change at all because the best players usually did leave after one year. Right. And and the, and the only other thing is, is like for somebody like me that's in like the collectible market, is you can now get those athletes while they're in school. Like somebody like Kenny Goins would have benefited huge. I mean, granted, he graduated Dude, right after that. But I, like I, I told Jordan Jansen, Poole no, is another one. I told John Jansen, you know who would have probably got the biggest NIL deal in the state of Michigan? It would have been Jalen Watts Jackson. Oh, yeah. After that play? Jalen would have got cars. He would have got sponsorships. He would have got everything. He oh. would have been all over the place off of that one play. <clears throat> Man, if, if if somebody can make the money, let them make the well, money. And think about what, like, Denard NIL is not the enemy from the shoelace moniker. Right. Yeah. You can't tell me Adidas wouldn't have thrown everything at him. Dude, you couldn't tell me that if they sold Robinson's shoelaces at the big house That's what I'm for saying. five bucks for a pair of shoelaces, he could have made money off of that. It's kids like that that have a nickname, that come in, you hear about them, blah, 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 that really are going to benefit. And I bet I bet there's some players like that are around Jansen's age that are like, Man, I like it's Dion probably, in college. Oh my god! Right, but it's jealousy. Well, we didn't have it, so guys, there's a lot of things, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure you. when they came out with helmets and it wasn't leather helmets. Oh, this is not going to work. Yeah, and I'm sure Earl Campbell hates that Adrian Peterson made a 
boatload of money while playing in the NFL at the same exact position, doing the same exact thing. It happens. There's always going to be change. You embrace the change. As you said, I look at the NIL the same way the spread offense came in. Those who embrace the spread early, these are your top teams. Those who didn't embrace the spread, <clears throat> the Big Ten, um, you didn't win anything. I mean, you got players in the NBA nowadays, like Michael Jordan, his final year with the Chicago Bulls, he made $30 million that year, and it was like, oh, my God, he's making 30 Well, there's players now that are making $45 million a year, and you can never say that their worth is Ever more they're, than Michael Jordan. They're players the sitting Bulls. on the end of a bench making I mean, John Lewer made like $12 million a year right. for doing nothing. Right. You're the 12th man. Yeah, so. Things change. Times change. Embrace change. And guess what? You actually might like it. So it's going to happen, man. Plain and simple. You're going to lose kids to the portal. And some kids may go. And, and part of that deal is, yeah, they, they were going to make some money at their next school. You know what? Wish him well. If you run to the kid to stay that bad, come up with a better package. Keep the kid there. It's going to require you to root and 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 re-recruit your own players. Yeah, and some coaches don't like that. I think that's why you saw a lot of people stepping down. The Jay Wrights of the world, the Coach K's, yeah, John the, Beeline, the, even John Beeline, Roy Williams, because they saw this is going to happen. I do think that this right here will be the end of Tom Izzo one day. I think this is expediting Izzo's stay at Michigan State, where. I don't think he really cares for this. Yeah, is it worth the fight? And anymore? I think for a, if you're an old school coach, I mean, for Tom, the one think for for Tom and Coach K, one and done. I remember when Coach K said they would never do a one and done at Duke. Hmm. We don't do that. We're a Duke education. You're going to come to Duke and play four years. My, how did that change twenty years later? He's the king of one and duns. Yeah, Tom finally embraced the one and duns. I remember it was Zach Randolph was his first one and done. And he said, Zach Randolph didn't start at Michigan State. And he was like, if I would have known that he really was going to leave after a year, I would have played him more. But I think this is all the things that's going to kind of push Tom to join that club. You got to be able to adapt. Opportunities are there. They're there for those who take advantage of them first. Um but yeah, it's it's gonna like a guy like I think Juwan Howard is kind of embracing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Somebody like him, somebody like a Drew Valentine that's at Loyola, those younger coaches that are up and coming that have been around the game recently enough to understand what's happening, to understand how to relate to these kids, to understand how to pitch to these kids. Like, yeah. I mean, Mel Tucker is a perfect example of how to connect with young men. Right. You know what I mean? Some of these older, I'm just going to say it, old white guys don't really understand the culture today of a young black man, right? Whether it, it's music, whether it's how they live, what they're watching on TV, what you they talk like. About Brian Kelly knows all about that. Well, I he's saw out that. there hitting the gritty, yeah, spinning but, around. On well, the, and, and you know what? And I give credit to those dudes that are actually he's trying, trying yeah. to embrace their culture. He, and yeah, every, he he's your old drunk grandfather. You're like, okay. Granddad out here trying to yeah, dance. Like you'll see some of these guys wearing like the hippest sneakers and and like and, Mel Tucker's is about. He realized it's about the brand, Michigan State's brand. Son, it's about your brand. It's branding. We're gonna try to get your brand out there yep. because that's the new buzzword when it comes to recruits. The brand. Oh, how can I increase 
who you are. Well, it's like when UCF decided to put those QR codes on their jerseys for the spring game, and people are like, why would they? Well, because we're talking about it right, right now. Secondly, because everybody is on their cell phone, and every I'd say pretty much everybody that is aware of a QR code knows that they can hold their phone up to it and bring it to them. Now, they're not going to put that on their everyday game jersey, but for a spring game, that's pretty damn cool. It you is. can link it to their page, to who their sponsors are. Well, last are. year they, they had their uh, their – Twitter handle or Instagram handle on, their on, name. The, on the nameplate. And, and so be it. I mean, it's no different than the NBA where Ray Allen's wearing a Jesus Shuttlesworth jersey during the middle of a game. It's all marketing. Right. And if you're in front of it, you're going to be very, very successful. And and I'm interested to see this conversation five years from now and how much it's changed. So, yeah. And speaking of branding and name and marketing, yeah, we can announce Evan who is it official? We signed the deal yesterday. It yeah. actually happened? It happened yesterday. The Five Star Zone, this podcast that you listen to, and I thank you all for doing that. We officially are going to be a team in this year's, this summer's upcoming Moneyball. So Moneyball going on at Michigan State. For those, especially in Lansing, you know what I'm talking about. It's when the collegiate players from MSU and Oakland and former players all play in a six-week tournament in in the Lansing area. I think they're still trying to lo- come down with the location, but there's going to be six teams. One of those teams will be Team Five Star Zone. Oh, that's so good. Should I get out and recruiting right now? Because I got my NIL pitches, man. Well, I told him. I was like, so does this mean that I, I get first pick in the draft? And like, How does this work? Because I want some good players on my team. But, yes, if you're there – you're going to see Five Star Zone. We got specs of the jersey. And they're sweet, man. I mean, they remind. I told you what they remind me of. They remind me a lot of the Western Conference uh, All-Star uniforms this year. And, I mean, God, that's going to be so cool. I mean, I love basketball as it is. And in these tournaments, it's, it's literally an AAU tournament for college right. kids. So... I'm hoping like a guy like Miles Bridges comes back for a game. Or how about like, all those guys that are playing in that Western Conference semifinals right now? Tillman, okay. Jackson, right. That's what I'm saying. I, you Draymond, know what? Hey, hey. You know what? Jordan Poole. I, I want you on my team. Put on my jersey. That's so, right. Yeah. And we only wear Nikes, so don't bring that Reebok and Adidas so we, crap here. Well, no. They were, well, they'll be wearing Moneyball. So. Well, for the jerseys, I'm right. talking about sneakers, man. Oh, so you know, I'm going to be the worldwide West here. Okay. So yeah, we show <laughs> up and yeah, we can be. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be like the Mark Cuban. Like, yeah, this is my team. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going <laughs> to sit on the bench wearing sunglasses <laughs> indoors. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh We'll hire you know what we should do is hire like uh Roberto to stand behind us like he's security, put a little thing in his ear, even though he won't stop. Oh anybody. my god, he looks tough when he not Yeah, smiling. him and David standing behind us. Right. <laughs> no, excuse me, these seats are reserved. They're Mr. The... Beard and Mr. Jenkins don't have time for you right now. Right. They're in the middle of a game, can't you tell? Right. So but yeah, that should be fun. That's gonna they're gonna start that up again. And you know what the funny thing is, real quick, <clears throat> I do think the lack of money ball for the last two seasons, I think, had a direct correlation of why Michigan State struggled in basketball. Because money ball was a it was a different avenue for players to go out there and kind of find their shots, play competitive ball, not necessarily go through practice, but to see and test new shots and test new moves and skills. I remember seeing Kenny Goins, as you brought him up. Uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, Adrian Payne, 
I mean, even they're Matt all McQuaid. out there. No, no, but it's like, well, what are you doing? They're shooting three pointers. Like, well, you don't shoot three pointers. I will next season. And I remember uh, Tillman's just shooting three pointers in the money ball games. And then when the season came, he was shooting. Kenny Goins, he hit the big three pointer. Adrian Payne, one year in Moneyball, only shot three pointers. He would not go down low because he wanted to improve his three point game. I think when you look at the incoming freshmen that Michigan State has had the past couple of years from the AJ Hogarth, like a guy like Maddie Sissoko would, oh, would have truly so benefited from this because it's going up against your peers, but you're going at a high level. This isn't, uh, we're just out here having fun. I remember Jaron Jackson's very first Moneyball game. He thought, well, I'm a top 10, five-star, all-American freshman. I'm just going to come in here and do my thing. It's like the all-star circuit. Miles Bridges ate his lunch, brocked every shot. Jaron, in his very first money ball game, scored four points. They were all free throws. He, yeah, and they're Miles made after it, you. Miles made it his point to indoctrinate the rookie, the freshman, and let him know, you better bring it or else. I mean, it was – Jaron would go up for a layup, block – throw it into the fifth row. And he said after the game, you know, you told me this was different. I can't ever let this happen again. He got better. It was that toughness. It was that playground-type mentality. And, yeah, a guy like Matty Sissoko could actually work on moves because you're playing the entire game. You're not out there in 10-minute spurts. A guy like A.J. Hogard, you kind of see it now, but I think it would have benefited him. Pierre Brooks? Are you Big time. Pierre Brooks would have benefited from this last year of going out there and playing, getting to lo- know his teammates, his teammates getting to know him, and he probably would have got more playing time. Jay Nakin, same thing. Those guys would have got. That's who I want. Yeah. They I want Aikens on the team. You got to go out there, and I think Moneyball is going to help, and I do think that it, Michigan, the progress of the team, the development, a lot of that stemmed from the lack that they didn't have. Now, I'm not saying that and because for everybody out there, saying, yeah, but Tum Tum scored 40 points. Guys, you're being idiots right now, okay? But you know what, Tum Tum? Yeah, he may have scored 40 points, but Tum Tum also knew as a point guard, he saw what his teammates could do, and he could set them up in better spots. And that's what, that's what a thing like Moneyball does. Well, yeah, and, I mean, let's be honest, too, with Michigan State, this is really the only time these players have a chance to play competitive five-on-five basketball without Mr. Izzo coaching them. Right. They can have fun. And they can they, do their thing. And they, they can show what they're, like you said, what they're working on and everything like that. And and you're so right with like somebody like Pierre Brooks, a kid, when he gets out there, he's not shy to shoot. But imagine if he actually had more time to really get into the game and feel it out. And like you said with Tom Tom, that's a kid that's super fast, super athletic. I don't know. If nobody's ever watched this kid jump, he jumps out of the gym. Right. And... Moneyball for him, it's drive to the rack, drive to the rack, drive to the rack, drive to the rack. You know, that's not his game when he was Michigan State Spartan. Right. But that's his game when he's playing five on five against dudes that he wants right, to win. Right, but right. I, I saw guys, Matt McQuay, they play, he played in Moneyball. Played unbelievable. He got better. It helps. It's almost like an extra league that you're playing yeah. in. It, think of it like spring practice that, you know, you go through the spring. It, it's the reason why Kenneth Walker, the third, was so quick to adapt to Michigan State. Every guy that got to the spring early last year had a big impact. Yeah. The guys that came during the summer, it took a while for them to get up to speed. The Ronald Williams of the world, they got better as the year progressed. I think Moneyball gives them, it kind of hits that fast forward button to help in development. But a guy like Matty Sissoko, I think, would be further developed and further along. Because remember, 
they came during the pandemic. So even the coaches couldn't really practice with them. No, it's all on Zoom. And He's all that behind. Crap. Yeah. Like he, sh- he was a top 50 player. And you're looking at him now, and you're like, well, he doesn't look like a top 50 player. He looks like a guy you bring in at the end of the game, or he just kind of looks like the team thug who goes in there, picks up four fouls, and, you know, while guarding Hunter Dickinson, and then goes back to the bench. That's why I think that bringing Moneyball back, you're going to see it's going to aid in the development of players. And, and it was plenty of Oakland players. Do we get to hire a coach? I don't think they have coaches on the team. But do you want to be the coach, Evan? Well, I, I had a guy in mind, my old AAU coach, Alonzo Littlejohn. He's a local guy here in Southfield. He'd be great for it. So, dude, I, one time we went out to like this Aim High tournament out in Vegas. It's like every eight. And this dude was talking to Coach K and Roy Will, and I'm like, oh my god, that's our coach. Like, it blew me away. But yeah, I'll coach. Make them give me push-ups if they yeah, do something wrong. Probably not going to happen. Turnovers, they're coming right out. Right. I'm going to yell at them, grab them by the jersey. Yeah, Denzel is going to be like, who, who, who's this guy again? Why, why are we listening to him? <laughs> yeah, Reek, who is this? I don't. He just just humor. He just came along for the <laughs> just, ride. Just, Zell, just go do what you do. Oh, it's gonna! I can't wait. It's gonna so, be a great, great time. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's back, and I and I do think that it it will aid. People who play it. I mean, I remember watching Kay Felder playing it from Oakland. Mm-hmm. And man, he, it's, <clears throat> Kay went out there and dominated. And it was like, well, who is this Kay Felder guy? And, I mean, and your boy Campy sent me a message like, yeah, that's my guy, Kay. And we just watched this year what he's going to do. And he, Kay went out there and got it done his senior year at Oakland. So I don't know if Oakland players can make the squad, man. Okay. You know what? We're not doing this. <laughs> We're not doing this right now. So, but yeah. Moneyball is going to be back, and I do think it's going to be beneficial for kids to play in it, and I think you'll see it'll aid in development. You don't have Izzo. You get to be coached and, and judged by your peers, and you get yep. to relax a little bit, but you're still going to, you're still going to play competitive games, and that's, that's what sharpens those players, and, and I think it gets them ready for the upcoming season because, you know, the last couple of years, man, and I'm saying that's the only answer, but when you really look at it, and watching those MSU teams, it was like something was missing, like, you had nothing from incoming freshmen. They they would give you a little bit. Like Here and a, there. AJ gave you a little bit. Yeah. Pierre Brooks gave you a little bit. Even with, like, Jaden Akins, it wasn't until the end of the year that really you started to see him blossom. Right. So, I mean, I expect big things from him this year. I, I, I'm very excited about his game. A kid that's athletic, that crashes the boards as a guard, that's always super impressive to me. I'm just really excited. Um, I do have a question for you this week, though, Rico. Okay. It's not it? sports-related, but did you hear who the latest Suicide Squad spinoff show for HBO is going to be? No. You know, they already had a Peacemaker with John Cena. Um, but now it's going to be Amanda Waller, Viola Davis. Oh. So okay. last night I went online and I bought her first appearance, and uh, I think it was the Defenders or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's she's the DC version of Nick Fury. Yep, exactly. Where she's the the person who puts every, gets the team together. And well, Viola Davis is such a great actress. The secrets, yeah, it, yeah. So that's going to be cool. That's the that's the next DC spinoff from the Suicide Squad. It's so crazy that that's what they've concentrated on with everything that you have with Batman and Superman, and maybe because those movies didn't do the best, but. It's it's crazy, but no, I think it's for that. I think it's more of a 
You need her because kind of, I mean, remember, Nick Fury made his initial thing in the very first Iron Man at the end. He was the very first end credit. Oh, that is right. Well, he totally walks in and that. says, I'm putting together a team. Yeah. And yeah, well, because he was the, the, th- the he was the thread that wove through and put all the storylines together was Nick Fury. So you got to imagine eventually the Suicide Squad does go up against Batman, Superman, those guys. The, the... Well, they're the anti-heroes, so they're heroes, but... You know their latest movie was I liked it a lot. Really? Yeah, the latest one, not the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, with the big pink starfish and stuff. Okay. You weren't a huge fan. Okay. Idris Elba. Okay. You know what happened? We we yeah. I I, I was just like, this is. I'm watching this movie like this is why Marvel's kicking your ass. <laughs> I enjoyed. It. I didn't. The guy with the spots, whatever his name was. Right, polka dot man. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like. I right. it felt like I was watching a live action kids cartoon, kind of. Now I also didn't read all the comic books and everything, so it's just purely entertainment for me. Yeah, did you enjoy it more than Venom? It was a reason why the Guardians of the Galaxy weren't the first movie. <laughs> sure, okay. you know, let's build something before we put out the comic relief. Yes, you know, if you saw Groot and all of those guys to start off with, like. What the heck is a talking tree? Are you going to see that this weekend? The Doctor Strange? I'm going to try to. That looks legit, huh? Right. So, you know, he's going to be the new leader. I think, yeah, I'm happy. Well, and it's like a multiverse type deal, too. Well, they're introducing the Illuminati. Is that what it is? Yeah, which I don't know if they could actually do the real Illuminati because they haven't introduced all the characters, but it was... um, it was well, I, uh, Professor X, because you hear Patrick Stewart's voice. Well, and, and then you saw he was you at saw the premiere. Oh, uh, well, and you see in like one of the trailers, yeah, you see the wheel. Hello, yeah, Stephen. You and know, it's... so he, it was him. It was Reed Richards. It was well, isn't Wanda in this? She's a big part of the story she is. too. She is, but yeah, the Illuminati was Reed Richards, uh, Prince Namor, the Submariner. Uh, Professor X and uh, the fourth one was the fourth one Thor. I don't know. This is going to be great, though. Or, See, I didn't or, know no. any of this. Or I think it was like Iron Man, but it was it's four guys who basically shape. They're they're their own secret society. They're like their own fraternity within the superheroes that they carry secrets that even the other heroes don't know. So yeah, they're the Illuminati. All right, so, hold on. I'm looking it up real quick. Who it is? It is Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans, Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, and Anthony Stark. So Tony Stark. Yep. So yeah. Well, he can't be in it unless they go into the a reality, different reality. Yeah. And then he's a different person. Man. Which I've been saying there's rumors that there's another like it was Tom Cruise. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be wild. Well, it's kind of like Loki when all the different Lokis came right. in and there yeah. was an alligator Loki. Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. Alligator. And they're making a Loki, too. Are they? Yeah, Loki, Loki season two is going to be there. So Awesome. All right. I know we probably lost half the people. Nope. They love it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Evan, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Just looking forward to Moneyball now. Got to get my got to get my Tom Izzo voice going on and be like, hey, you know hey, guys. Hey. hey, hey, what are you doing? No, 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 get over here. Jeez, you cut the Harry High School stuff out. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, you get Max Christie on the team. Well, we're waiting on his his announcement. I, I don't think he 
you think he tends to come back? Honestly, I don't think he comes back. I think he's going to keep his name in the draft. I think outside forces are going to convince him he's good enough. Now he may go to the NBA camps and realize, dude, you you tried to drive against Ron Harper Jr. and you bounced off of him like one of those Super Bowls that you had as a kid. Ron didn't move. You did. You had the force, the speed, and the inertia, and you hit him and you bounced back. In that ruck, final minutes of the Rutgers game, mm-hmm. that move right there told me, you're not ready. W- w- what are you going to do when that's LeBron you're guarding? Max, you? W- w- seriously? What w- what are you going to do? Heck, not even LeBron. Sadiq Bay would body him up at, right now. Chris Middleton? <laughs> yes, any of them. Like, what, what, seriously? Because he's going to play a 2-3 in the NBA, and yeah. those yeah. are big boys out there. Yeah. Jason Tatum, Brown, really? You you guarding them? James I, Harden? I ain't getting in front of him. Well, James, maybe, maybe James, James Harden James plays Harden. no defense, and he still can out defend you. <laughs> he literally plays no defense. Go out on a high note, man. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. We'll be back soon.